That's me, Millie. Ordinary, boring Millie. I love your dress. I think I saw it at Discount Bonanza. <laughs> okay, so I was never the most popular. Homecoming's this weekend. Booker is gonna be at the dance. And boys never really noticed me. Honestly, if this was a horror movie, I'd be one of the first ones to get killed. Cute, creepy dude in the mask. Like I said. <laughs> but actually, it turns out... Where am I? I didn't get killed. Oh my god, why do I sound like that? I woke up in the killer's body. <laughs> It's your killer host. My name is Parker, your resident horror fanatic. And I'm Julianne, your A24 whore. And welcome to... What's Your Favorite Scary Movie is a horror film podcast where we're on a journey to find our favorite scary movie one at a time. Whether you hate them or love them, join us and discover yours. Spoilers ahead, so plan your movie screening every weekend before the episode release. It's time to get freaky, freaky, freaky. Everybody clap your hands. I want to get freaky with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, it's so nice that... Freaky just decided to make us jealous of people who are willing to risk their lives to go to movie theaters for a couple weeks. I'm really happy about that. But the wait is no longer. We were able to watch Freaky right at home. And you know what? I feel like there's some anti-Blumhouse sentiment on this podcast sometimes and i'm continuing it now hey fuck you for putting this in movie theaters yeah fuck you jason blum (laughs) i'll bleep it we don't want to get freaky with you (laughs) well as you can tell by the beautiful melodic voice in your ears no that's not i'm not talking about myself but (laughs) julianne has joined me once again hello guys She's back for her what seems to have become monthly jaunt into the yeah. podcasting world. Good to have you. Merry Christmas. Merry Freaky. Merry, Merry Freaky. I like that. Merry Freaky. Freaky Christmas. Merry Freakness. <gasps> That's the one. Get your freak on. <laughs> Happy Freaky Days. Freaky, Freaky, Freaky. It is out now on video on demand, so that means 2020, and also it's $20, so yeah, I'm going to soon ask you what you think about that, but no spoilers. Freaky was directed and co-written by just the gay that we all know and love by now, Christopher Landon. And when I say we all love Christopher Landon, I would like to love Christopher Landon a little bit more than the rest of them. A little bit more than most. <laughs> I, yeah, I wrote in my um, my notes on what Christopher Landon has created. I wrote the man of my dreams and writer-director of the Happy Death Day films. 
And, and remember this for later, the, the writer of Paranormal Activity 4 from the year 2012, just lock that name into the noggin because it might come up uh, sometimes. In like, in like two minutes, yeah. <laughs> it was co-written by yet another gay. And I believe, uh, Julian, what was that drama on Twitter with somebody being like, Freaky was good, but I can't believe some straight oh. men were trying to write yeah. gay characters. Yeah, um, you know, I'll refrain from using this person's name. So it's, you know, but you know yeah, there was a certain, um, no, not like that, but like I, I know of them. Like I, I used to watch some of their YouTube stuff, but yeah, this is a YouTube film critic who who's a fellow gay who uh, accused the movie on Twitter of being like, oh, well, you know, it's kind of like, what was it? Like, um, I gay think best friend. The gay best friend whose name I forget right now, but yeah. And he was like, yeah, I just, I hate when just like straight guys like watch, you know, it make, make movies about gay. And, and they were like, yo, excuse me, girl, we got to talk. <laughs> Christopher Landon and Michael Kennedy, who's also, let me mention, um, he's a co-host of Attack of the Queer Wolf podcast on the Fangoria Network, which I think I they're taking a hiatus right now, but good, good podcast. Um, yeah, I actually didn't, I was going to ask you, I thought that Michael Kennedy yeah. was famous. And then I looked at him on IMDb and was like, Freaky seems no. to be kind of his, his break. Yeah. Yeah. This is his big thing. I think this is his first feature of writing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, he was the writer on a series called Border Town, which I hadn't heard oh, okay. of. And it looks like he did IT, an assistant animation producer on Family Guy. Interesting. I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Freaky stars Mr. Vince Vaughn and his comedic return as the butcher. Yeah, never he heard of in, him. <laughs> never heard of him. No. He was in the Psycho remake, that dreaded fucking remake, uh, in 1998. He was in The Cell in 2000. He was in Six Souls from 2010 and the dozen other things well those were the horror things. movies that i i that were on is that all he's been in horror wise yeah interesting um, like, have you seen the cell i haven't no i saw I when i was very young and i remember it yeah. disturbing me also miss Catherine newton as millie she's been in six episodes of supernatural and paranormal activity four like Parker alluded to earlier. Oh, you know, it's always nice, yeah, to have a little family connection in these productions. So her and Chris Landon, I guess, bays. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how old she is? Is she a teenager or is she just like in her 20s? Do we know? I don't think so. I mean, she's she's definitely been in quite a few things recently, but I feel like her stardom is new. Yeah, because she looks young, but not like that young yeah i would agree with that like she doesn't she has like a a girly face but i don't think she's actually she's 23 so i mean pretty okay okay i know i'm 25 what have i achieved (laughs) only one of the greatest podcasts on earth um (laughs) (laughs) i can't deny that (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah she was in big little lies i wanted to stick to horror but that seems to be like yeah i think that's the big deal yeah also the ensemble includes Celeste O'Connor as Nyla, Misha Oshirovich, I'm guessing. Uh, um, he's He plays Josh Detmer. Yeah, Nicholas those are the Starfall. two best friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, everyone. Just popping in to say that on this podcast, we love queer representation, obviously, and I love how much queer representation there is in Freaky behind the scenes and on screen. 
Misha Osharovich, who plays Josh in this movie, identifies as non-binary and uses they-them pronouns. Unfortunately, that is not something that I knew before this episode, and we use he-him pronouns throughout this episode for Misha Osharovich. So please forgive us. It was an honest mistake, and we should have done our homework before this episode. I'm so excited that Freaky has even more queer representation than I was aware of, so please forgive us and enjoy the rest of this episode. Nicholas Stargle as Isaac, Dana Drury as Charlene, and Katie Finneran as as Coral. That's the mom. That's the mom? Oh, and then Charlene is a sister? I I forget. Okay. Yeah, and then Isaac is a little crush. He's the only one who actually looked like a teen. Yeah, he looks like a baby face. He's a boy Mm -hmm. toy. You know, the the gay best friend kind of looked a little young, too, to me. Yeah, but I don't buy that he's a teen. So Nicholas Stargell is 20. So almost a teen. Yeah. Babies. Well, in case you've been living under an absolute rock, Freaky is about, um, according to IMDb, after swapping bodies with a deranged serial killer, a young girl in high school discovers she has less than 24 hours before the change becomes permanent. the rotten tomatoes information as of december 5th so it very well might have changed by the time you were listening to this the average critic rating is 6.9 out of 10 and the average audience rating is a whopping 8.1 out of 10 the critics consensus reads an entertaining slasher with a gender bending body swapping twist this horror comedy juggles genres with freaky fun results well i always love a pun little pun okay rt yeah what what do you think uh, julian what would you what would be your kind of review summary of freaky i think it's kind of what i expected it's it's a fun movie um it's not a perfect movie by any means and it doesn't have to be i think it's i think they're i think what saves this movie is because some of the writing is a little wonky. There has some moments that don't land, but the moments that do land really shine. And I think Vince Vaughn is a star in this movie. I, I loved, I, I just, when I saw him, when I heard he was going to be in this movie, I was like, oh my God, I, I just, mm-hmm. the, he's so funny. And he's been in a lot of serious roles in the last few years. I love this return. He, he went into, so you tell he had fun with this. Um, and I think uh, there's, it's gory. This, this is like a, this is like a, a darker, a, I said a darker comedic, I should say, version of like Happy Death Day in some ways, mm-hmm. which Michael Kennedy has said that that's, he's very influenced by Happy Death Day. And of course, Christopher Landon wrote and directed that. Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a fun movie that's just, I think that what people need right now, you know, people kind of need something a little lighthearted and just fun slasher that has a little heart to it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not as in love with it, I think, as some other people were, but I definitely like it, for sure. Yeah, I would agree with you that I I really like Happy Death Day. I think it's a pretty yeah. good movie. I feel yeah. like Freaky is what Happy Death Day, like, was trying to be when it was made. Um, yeah. I always felt like Happy Death Day was holding back just a little bit, and so... I think the, the rating, yeah, I think, like, not that, not, not that you need a R rating, but I think to really, like, get into, like, those the gore and like there was their sex in it which i was like oh shit like the yeah. opening scene like, the, the couples, yeah yeah like they're like they're really getting it on and um 
there's it's bloody if there's cool kills like it's kind of the somewhat more adult version of happy death day which i think people kind of needed so yeah i i think i i respect that totally yeah and i mean i might even say that's probably why happy death day 2 even went further away from horror is just because you know that's not what the movie could do i didn't see it i didn't see it but um, that was pretty fun yeah but i mean i i i hear and i think i think this one might get a sequel too it's i i wouldn't be surprised yeah, so. I mean, I wouldn't because I mean, it seems to really be sweeping uh, the mm-hmm. the culture right now. Here's before we really dive, dive in. Here's a question for you: Do you think that this movie would have done quite as well in a normal year? Because I kind of feel like they lucked out a bit with like every other major horror film kind of getting pushed to the side. People were kind of like aching for, not that there, there's been plenty of new releases, but a lot of them have been more quiet, kind of been more like, you know, quiet VOD stuff. Blumhouse is a very popular studio, despite what we think of it. <laughs> but like, I think people were just like, oh my God, the new Blumhouse movie that's not Halloween Kills and it's not this, it's not that. I think it may have given it a little bit more of a life than it possibly would have well, in another I'm- year. I'm wondering, do you recall when this movie was originally supposed to come out? It's supposed to come out around now. Uh, so I actually, I had actually interviewed Michael Kennedy for something I wrote earlier this year. Um, and he, I believe he's, and this was back in May, I think. So at, at that point he was kind of still like, he's like, I don't know if it's going to get released this year. I'm kind of nervous that I really, I could really, I really need it, you know, in my, in my life basically. Um, I need it for my income and stuff. And uh, he was, he was a little anxious I think he said they were aiming for Friday the 13th in November. So, which is when it came out in theaters. So yeah, I think that was, that was the goal from day one. And I think um, what's tough about that, cause yes, I do think this movie would be, would find success in a regular year. But what yeah. I think is tough about that is that Halloween kills would not be done yet. So I guess they figured, okay, well, it's a pretty good, like, like we'll 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 put the marketing and we'll put the we'll put the trailers in front of Halloween Kills. All that audience will be like, "Oh shit, I'm gonna go see that." Another Blumhouse movie, and I think it had a good month run. They were thinking before, so maybe they thought, "Okay, well, this is like a nice like on the bandwagon kind of thing." But you know, I'm I'm no marketer. I'm no businessman. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I. I, I do I do think it's more successful now than it would have been regardless because like you said yeah. like we're thirsty we need something not like this that it, grant you not that it made a ton of money because nothing's making yeah. a ton of money right now but you know I think it just in terms of popularity and word of mouth I think people are really talking about it because they're just aching for something you know yeah yeah like if if all of the circumstances of right now were the same but they could make movie theater money from it with yeah. the popularity it has right now it would be making a ton like more yeah. than enough to warrant a sequel so i think probably they will make a sequel thinking yeah. oh like we want that mm-hmm. again and mm-hmm. i think that probably a sequel will do better than it might have because people will more people are seeing freaky right now than they probably would have if it was in theaters so possibly sure but um yeah. Freaky, uh, similar to you, I had a really great time watching this. I was kind of skeptical going in because... Yeah. Uh, it's been a little overhyped, I think. Yeah, and I think you know? I just gotten a lot of hype from people who don't typically watch horror movies. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like it was getting a lot of, it's really good for a horror movie hype, which I see straight through yeah. every time. Um, yeah. 
So I was a little worried about it. And then I was pleasantly surprised. I had a really fun time. Um, like you were saying with the writing, I don't think like beat, for me, it wasn't like beat to beat. The writing was strange, but I think overall big picture, the writing was strange that like when I look yeah. back, it's kind of the sequence of events, like there wasn't really necessarily meaning to it for me. And I was getting right. a little frustrated watching it because it was just kind of like moving from event to event. Mm -hmm. And I wanted more of like things, I wanted things to develop instead of just like a two hour chase with a finale. I, and not to mention, I think the film, like I was starting to get a little bit like, I was like, God, there's still like 15 minutes. Like I kind of felt like it was starting to wear its welcome a bit. Um, I, like you said, I think it's just, it's a lot of like, they could have cut this down, I think to like an hour, nice clean 90 minutes and been like, boom 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 and done but they kind of just like they stretched it out and the ending's a little stretched out and I was like Jesus Christ I'm not you know but um <laughs> but yeah I think uh I, I think like I as someone who has spoken once to Michael Kennedy and as someone who and I Christopher Landon I have not but obviously but um and as someone mm. who's listened to his podcast a lot I could I could hear his voice in like the writing and stuff and I think some some of the jokes didn't always land but some things did and I think like I think um like it's let me try for example like the black wiener joke was a little bit like eh, you know oh, yeah but yeah. the wiener slapping in the stall I laughed about that funny. for like 10 yeah. minutes <laughs> yeah and I, I had a laugh at um the, the mean girl who eventually ends up dying um she she's she's texting her friend being like oh uh, Millie's a total vegetarian I just was like oh, yeah. oh my god I didn't, like, like stupid shit like that made me laugh um yeah it's like you I think this movie has had a little bit more balls than I was expecting but I also people kept saying oh it has so much heart to it it has so much heart it's about grief it's about this and yes that is there but it's not really that present with it I'm like that's a bit of a stretch to say it's, it's not about, about grief, grief. I, I would say Happy Death Day is more about grief because she is she's you know ultimately she she kind of realizes how how sad and angry she was because of her mom how losing her mom where like yeah. this movie is more like like the family is the, they're struggling but like it's more so like Millie not herself is not as much it's more her mother really yeah and I actually her. had seen criticisms of this movie talking about how uh the the death the parent death thing was a rehash of happy death day and what i think is i yeah. i like i think that freaky found an interesting way of doing it di in a different way than happy death day where you're hearing about the grief through the uh voice of the mom and we're seeing yeah. the repercussions of the grief in the family and i thought that was yeah. interesting i think yeah. however the actual expression of the grief is much more powerful and touching and happy death. Like I get a little teary and happy yeah. death day. Yeah. And this, I was just uh -huh. kind of like, oh, that's sweet. Now do we, I know for a fact, Michael Kennedy, I think, I think he told me when I interviewed, I think he, he lost his father. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that was that he lost his father a few years ago. So I think that was coming at, that's why he wrote this. Um, do we know if Christopher Landon, do, does he have both of his parents? Do we know? If I'm not sure. Of, yeah. I'm curious. Um, because like you said, it has a little bit more, that was more of a heart, I, I thought, a little more touching, I thought, in Happy Death Day, but it's neither here nor there. I just, uh, I was expecting a little bit more emotional beats. I think there's likeability here, but I don't, I don't know if I was really like emotionally moved by it. 
Yeah, and I mean, the moment even, like, the way it ends being goofy with asking him out on a date, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, it just didn't land. And also, like, the way that they express that there are problems in the family, like, the mom seems totally lovely, and it's the the daughter, Charlene, being kind of a douche, and then it's just, like, an empty bottle of Chardonnay, and it's like, excuse me, I can down a bottle of Chardonnay, and I don't think I have a problem, so, like, I don't know, I thought that was a little sloppy. Well, she did sleep through. Well, yeah, that was pretty bad. I mean, come on. And never even um, apologize. It's like, hey, you were just killed. Could have been because I did this. So (laughs) now did you catch, I don't don't know if anyone else has noticed this and maybe, I don't know. I I tweeted it out earlier. I was like, I did appreciate how, because there's a lot of references in this movie. Some are too on the nose. Like there's one that has Strode like as in Laurie Strode from Halloween on um on a team player's back and I was like okay you know a couple you know Friday the 13th I was like okay we get it like kind of thing um but I did appreciate if this was intentional I don't know but there's the scene where Vince Vaughn as as Millie is in he's hiding in the dressing room the discount store where her mom works Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they're starting to kind of talk through through the door and her mom's starting to like not like hit on hit on him slash her but like just kind of like oh like I you know let me see like the polo on you like, I, like I'll check it out and it's was, it was almost like a back to the future reference where when he goes when Marty McFly goes back in time and his mom as a younger girl doesn't know it's him and starts like flirting with them I kind of thought that was a little interesting it's like it's like a back to the future kind of dig um I've never seen you- that yeah okay <laughs> but yeah but <laughs> it's, somebody it's a pretty did iconic, you know yeah, Funny somebody that. did um, tweet like side by side clips of the movie and like famous horror shots, and yeah. they, they line up. Some of them were a stretch, but whatever. Um, and yeah. they're not in any sort of sequence, which is what would have really, you know, said something. But Christopher Landon retweeted it and said he liked it. So go check it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to start with what I think is actually the the gem of the movie, the standout, the highlight, which is the cold open. The cold open was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It was cool. Um, I actually, for a minute, I was like, I thought that was, I thought she was the main character. And I was like, wait, I, I, I just, I don't know Catherine Newton well enough to be like, Oh, that's not Catherine Newton. Like, I was like, Oh, it's they're two blondes. I'm like, that's Catherine Newton. <laughs> and I was like, Oh shit. And he just, and he just impales her on whatever that was. And she's she's done. All the kids die, and I'm like, oh fuck, what the hell's gonna happen now? And then I'm like, oh, they're setting up as to this whole, what was that thing called? Uh, the, something feel butcher. No, I'm saying like the debut. Oh, Ladola. Yeah, the Dola, whatever. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's where this is going. So. Well, what I liked about it is, like you said earlier, this first, like, I, it was like ten whole minutes. First ten minutes, they really like was like, hey if you thought that this was going to be another happy death day pg-13 teen movie like no yeah it's not like yeah. it's got a lot of violence it's got i think the best kills of the movie and yeah. it's got sex it's got some dirty jokes that were funny um i mean some of them i've seen like the wine bottle and the throw i've seen that in other movies but it was mm-hmm. done really cool here where it's like the bulging and then slicing yeah. through the throat the toilet seat to the head that was not even <laughs> funny to me like i thought that was disturbing and violent like that was gross um, and then, like you said, the the impaling on the spear, how he threw yeah. it into the wall, and you're like, oh, he missed, lol. And then he slams, mm, 
incredible. And then almost like a scream yeah. moment where the parents get home and the daughter's like, how sad. Yeah. Yeah. That They're like, what the fuck? And then it just cuts and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. I, I, I think this movie had a little bit more brass balls than I was expecting. Um, we're, we, we meet Millie and her family after that. Well, right. before that, I think that the font that they're using for the title and oh, the, the, um, yeah, the title yeah. card and the different days, I thought it was hideous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, the title card itself, I kind of liked, I thought it was a little, it was a little kind of bloody and different, but I think I agree that I kind of bugged me. Like I was like, so like hit the nail on the head. Like it was just kind of like Wednesday, the 11th, boom. Thursday the 12th, boom. Friday the 13th, dun, dun, dun. I'm like, oh, wow, what a shocker. We didn't see that coming. It just, it felt very like, okay, we get I it mean, kind of thing. It but, was funny. I just mean, literally, I thought the text was ugly. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's Like put out some extra money for a prettier font. They only, they, Bumhouse gives them like $5, Parker. I mean, what do you right. expect? Uh, do you want to hear my hot take about this movie? What's your hot take? I thought Catherine Newton was horrible. I I did not like, like when she's being awesome. Millie, I thought she was fine. But when she's being yeah. the butcher, I thought she was so boring. I like, it was yeah. almost like excruciating to watch her. Yeah, she doesn't really have a lot to do, I guess. I mean, I, you know, I don't know how else she could have played it. But yeah, I agree. I mean, when, yeah, she's very sweet and likable as Millie. Like I, I, I liked her. Like, I, I could see myself within her. Mm-hmm. But I will say before we get into it too, I will say I cannot stand, cannot stand when movies cast beautiful girls, very attractive people, and they're supposed to be so bullied and they're so, and I'm like, and she, oh, you're wearing discount clothes. I'm like, oh, stop. She's cute. She's very attractive. I mean, I know everyone gets bullied at some point. I get that. But like, it's kind of just like, are you serious? Like she's that bullied. Well, I, I have I another, I have a, I have a hot take about this as well. Um, I think that, it's half and half. I feel less extreme because I've seen the same criticism from other people. And at first I was like, you know, just because someone is pretty or beautiful does not mean that they're going to be popular. So like, you know, in yeah, high school, these are probably peers that she's been with for a long time. Maybe she's dweeby and that's what they're bullying her for. And, you know, confidence is a big piece of like being hot because she's pretty, but they're treating her like she's not hot. And, you know, she's kind of like whimsy. And so I was fine with it until there's a moment, I think on the football field, where they literally say, like, she's ugly. Yes. Only Beaver nobody would touch. (laughs) I mean, you brown bag her face, she's sort of doable. (laughs) Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought all of it up until that was fine. Like, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, she just seems like a dweeb. But then in that moment, I was like, no, she's objectively still beautiful. What I think is my issue with her, I I honestly think it's more an issue of what she was probably direct, how she was directed, because like, she's trying to give us Michael Myers, she's moving excruciatingly slow, and she's trying to do these creepy looks, and I honestly just wish she would have given me more Jack Nicholson, like, why couldn't she have been like a more vocal and crazed killer, I think that would have been more exciting than this shrimpy gal trying to do like these death stares that just didn't really do anything for me. Now, how, how do we feel? I, I, I don't, I don't think it's an issue per se. I think the movie makes up for it eventually, but I like, as the movie goes on, 
first of all, she takes maybe five minutes to be shocked at her new appearance, which I was like, I would be a little bit more horrified than just like five minutes in the mirror. Like, oh my God, it's not me. I'd be like mortified for a good, like several hours. Um, <laughs> but like she, but she starts to become empowered in this new male body. And I think that's a little, that's a weird choice. And, and again, at the end, it kind of makes up for it because there's a little cute little monologue. But, you know, I have to admit in a really strange way that it hasn't been all bad. What do you mean? I don't know. It's just, you know, I felt oddly empowered being in this body. Like, invincible <laughs> or kind of badass. <laughs> I know, it's... um I mean, it's ridiculous, but uh, I guess when you're uh, when you're someone like me and you you know you've been bullied most of your life and you know, sort of just put down a lot, that uh, you know it 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 does feel kind of good to just feel strong for once. Strength doesn't come from size. It doesn't comes from up here. And in there. And you are a lot stronger than you think. Some of the monologues in this movie were a little bit, I was like, teenagers don't talk like that. Um, <laughs> I know, I'm not a teenager, I'm 30. I know, God forbid, but I just- Yeah, I, you're not, you don't know about teenagers, I Julianne. <laughs> I know, other people on Twitter do, I know. Um, no, but <laughs> her crush, who's very, who's just so mature and so charming for a teenage boy. It's just like, you know, strength comes from your mind and your heart. And he's, he's not wrong right? It's a nice thing to say. He's not wrong, but I'm just like, prior to all that, I'm like, she was, she was feeling, she's like, I'm so empowered. I'm so, I can bully people who were, you know, mean to me. And I get that, but it's also like, the messaging's a little bit weird. I'm like, oh, so she's empowered by being in a white man's body. Like, it's, it's a little weird at first, right? Like, yeah, I think what's interesting about it is, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes consensus said that it's a interesting body swapping, gender bending twist. I think the body swapping, boring. The gender bending, I think, is what's interesting because that's yeah. what previous yeah. Freaky Friday movies haven't done. And right. so, you know, we get jokes about, you know, the slapping penis, Catherine Newton yeah. kind of squeezes her boobs and stuff, you know. So there's kind of that thing that we've seen in other movies. But then I think the movie does spend more time talking a little bit more about how, you know, Kat and Catherine Newton thinks she's weak. And uh, when the butcher is in Catherine Newton, he says, like, it, it talks about how weird it is to be so weak. And, like, I think in the second ending, he says you know, I understand the weakness you feel. And, yeah. you know, the exact opposite when Millie is in, or when, yeah, Millie is in the butcher. Right. Uh, um, you know, she talks about how the physical strength of being in his body is empowering. I validate what you say, because that's interesting. And I hadn't thought about that. What I was thinking in the moment is more that she had to feel powerful physically to feel powerful like emotionally and mentally and I like that and there's even this moment that's you know it's a joke but I also thought it was interesting when Catherine Newton is tied up to that chair then we better get moving what about her pronouns Christ what about him I just I thought that you know that's supposed to be funny and kind of like oh teens are so woke but at the same time it's kind of I think we know we're talking about queer filmmakers and queer characters. Like there is something queer about 
how she is confident in a man's body. And I'm not saying that she has any sort of gender identity question here, but I do think that the way that men and women are empowered both socially and just in their natural physical forms. I think that that's an interesting question for this movie. That's also a queer question. That's, um, I mean, and that, that, that might be something that's said about just socially, just social construction of gender. It's just like, you know, Oh, like if I, if I'm walking down the street as, as a petite woman that I am, I should be a little bit more scared as opposed to if I was a big, burly you know six four man which i think vince bond's pretty tall as far as i know um you know then it's like people are afraid of me Uh, yeah i mean that definitely makes sense i just thought it was a little interesting like that's interesting that she's so empowered and i'm like weird it's it's a little bit bizarre but then like like i said the movie makes up for it but yeah well and the butcher in millie is making comments about how weak he is in that body but Mm -hmm. he's still killing people, killing adult men. So it's not that she's weaker. It's that it's just, there are differences between men and women. And that this movie is questioning that kind of binary thinking. I wanted to talk just on the the topic of queerness. Mm -hmm. Towards the end of the movie, the crush, what's his name? Isaac. Isaac is in the back of the car with Millie and Vince Vaughn's body. And I thought that yeah. one, this scene is a really hilarious just gag because that's not something that yeah. would in any world, in any reality yeah. happen. But what I thought the twist of the movie was going to be is that maybe Isaac did like Millie, but I thought that he was just going to be like, I'm gay, I like you like this. Yeah, that's that would be, that would have been interesting. Like, like oh shit, yeah. That's I would have loved that. That, um... Because they literally kiss. Like, there is lip smacking noises. I wrote that down in my notes. I was like, oh, wow. Is it they got Fitz Vaughn to kiss a, like a pretty, you know, like a younger, young adult man? Like, oh, that's, his that's, pleasure. That's fascinating. Yeah. Um, no, because I, uh, I, I mean, I don't know a ton about Vince Vaughn, but like, I do know people gave him a bunch of shit because he was kind of like, not not like supportive of Trump, but just like, I don't know, not like, not as outspoken as he could have been hmm. against Trump. And I think, and I, I, I know for a fact he was, he was in a couple movies that were a little bit more conservative leaning, dragged across, dragged across concrete, which I have not seen, but I, I've heard the discourse about it. And like, I think even maybe, was he in a Cinestate film? Possibly. Um, these are things I, I don't quote me, but I, I I believe that that was the case. So I, I'm surprised. Like you know, maybe he's not as uh, straight laced as we thought. Maybe he's open to. Uh, I, I think it's cool that he took this role on. To be quite frank, I thought he was awesome, and I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I think that he yeah. is the the shining point of the movie. Like he is what I kept wanting yeah. to see, and his characterization yeah. of being Millie in the bot. Like I didn't think that mm-hmm. it was like over dramatic or like I it would be easy for it to become like a very irritating caricature and I thought that like there was a lot of subtlety that was nice to it and it wasn't all like and stuff like that and and like you said like kissing a man like I think you know the whole point of the movie is that he's this massive strong macho physical thing and so I think that like it's important for you know people that appear that way to be like hey it's no big deal yeah yeah absolutely and I, I was right he wasn't dragged across concrete which was produced by Cinestate and Dallas Sonier from 
the Sinister Empire that has since fallen. But yeah, so I, you know, it's just, it's just, it's cool. It's cool that he's he's taken on more liberal, uh, liberal friendly uh, filmmakers and, and movies. Good for him. Now, um, how do we feel about everyone else? How do we feel about the, the friends in it? What, what do you, what do you think? Because we, we, as we alluded to earlier, there was a certain film critic that thought that, that two straight guys wrote wrote this movie and he thought that the, the, the gay best friend who's name like again keep fucking forgetting um Josh. he was kind of like a, a you know a cliche he was kind of like whatever what do you think well i don't know why you think i'm gay <laughs> gross <laughs> kidding um you know one point number one when people get mad about there being a cliche flamboyant gay character first of all they're real people like that. So yeah. Yeah. So I always get annoyed when especially gay critics are like, why'd you have to play it this way? Which I get when there's a straight writer. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah that is a cliche. And you're you're giving us the caricature of what you think a gay person is. But right. at the same time, like there are flamboyant, loud, over-the-top people. And I think that especially for young gay people right now who feel more empowered to be gay and outspoken, I think that that is uh, can be a, an accurate portrayal but I mean at the same time as we saw with the jock who tried to uh, overpower Josh that character at the end and you know get a little smooch in I mean not all gay people necessarily one identify as gay or are that stereotype but right. two, I what I liked about the gay character is that that's the character I thought I thought it was a complex character because one we get I, I like that we kind of get multiple sides of each character uh, mm-hmm. I think that Nyla the black friend she mm-hmm. was probably the character that we saw the least of if yeah. I remember correctly but like yeah. the gay character we saw his mom uh, and he had you know the moment with the jock which I thought was an interesting like development moment because he wasn't just all horny he was like hey no, you will not be kissing me. Like I'm trying to do stuff right now. Um, But what I thought was interesting about the gay character is that he seems to be the character that they, you know, this movie is doing what a lot of movies recently have been unsuccessful at, at trying to be ultra PC and um, like woke. But what I liked about the gay character is that all of the not PC kind of offensive things he was saying. It's just a stupid dance. Why do you want to go anyway? I have to shoot it for your book. I'm in it for the drunk straight boys who will suddenly realize they're fluid. That sounds kind of rapey. Good. Have you seen what's on the menu in this town? <laughs> oh, like, can you say that? Um, but I think that it works because, or it, it makes a complex, asks a complex question because it's a character that by including him, there is a degree of wokeness, but in mm-hmm. his dialogue, you know, he's kind of defying that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I uh, thought they're all likable for sure. I like the two friends. I really, I I was cracking up at the, the, the scene where Millie in Vince Vaughn's body is running around in the school and he's trying, or she is, I should, should say, she's the trying pronouns. to yeah yeah I mean it's suddenly her and his body she's trying to convince her friends like no guys really it's me and like I just I was dying like they they were trying to they were doing everything they could and the sequence goes on for a while like you normally like you like you would you're like what the fuck get away from me you know I was dying and like (laughs) and then finally he's like listen 
let's sit down let's talk about it we're, we're all messed up and bruised let's just sit and have a conversation and I thought that was really genius like it was really good comedic timing um yeah I thought I mean, like I said before, I think some of some of the dialogue didn't really work and some things did. Like I, there was one point, Nyla, in the beginning, she's like preaching and lecturing to Millie and saying, you know, you have to live for yourself and you have to blah, 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 blah. And I was like, she's very right. She's absolutely true. But like, it, is that how teenagers talk to each other? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If, and like, also it was like a scream moment where she's, he's like, yeah. your dad's been dead for a year. Shouldn't you like get yeah. over that? <laughs> right. It's like, it, it's only been a year, girl. Like, I, yeah, I, it was interesting. It's very Sydney Prescott where it's like, you know, time to move on. Like, it's like, no, it's not <laughs> It's like, this, yeah. she's doing pretty, she's hanging in there. She's, she's, you know, she's doing okay. Like leave her be. She's trying to deal with it. But um, yeah. Um, I don't know. Do we think that we kind of alluded to it earlier? Do we think this movie could have used more about the grief in there, or or nah? Is find the way it was. No, yeah. I mean, I think if anything, this movie could have been more silly. Like, yeah. I, I think it tries to be too heartwarming, and that sometimes, like, I don't know, like, yeah. kill a couple more characters. Like, for how bloody it was, like, there was a lot of scene. Like, there was there were quite long stretches of time with no mm-hmm. violence or horror. And so, like, if anything, like, crank it up. You're at a party full of drinking teenagers. I thought she was going to come out with that chainsaw and just start hacking heads. (laughs) That would have been crazy. Um, Yeah, it's, the movie is ridiculous, but like you said, not ridiculous enough at points, I think. Yeah, yeah, and, like, killing the the woodshop teacher, like, great kill. Probably one of the best of the movies. Um, Yeah. And that was a character we obviously wanted to die. They set up for us to want him to die. Right. right. But at the same time, like that, that scene felt like it was right there specifically because it was like the audience is bored. We got to kill someone. Yeah. And what, and I'm sorry, but like that guy was the fucking dick. And yes, I have had dick teachers in high school and college. Absolutely. But is he really going to sit there and throw down with the, with a teenage girl? No, that's, that's not going to happen. I mean, like I was a little bit like, okay, guys, like, you know, a verbal fight. And then maybe she pushes them and shoves them. That would be more re- realistic, but it's almost like they're going head to head in like a physical fight with a, a teenage um, girl. Like, it was a little well, bit like, I think, honestly, I thought some of the verbal abuse he was spewing, spitting was, was way more. Um, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this, like nobody would be allowed to say yeah. that people in the class would be reporting that. I thought mm-hmm. that him just repeatedly kicking her, I thought that was, I thought that was the true sign of like, oh, this is just a bad person. Like, this yeah. is something that he's, it like, it took her attacking him, but this is something he wanted to do. Where some of the verbal that. stuff, I was like, oh. But really though, I mean, she wasn't like, I mean, she didn't even get a cop an attitude with him at any point in the movie. I was just like, this is extreme. It was a little bit like, Again, this movie is ridiculous and it's not meant to be taken literally, but I just, I was a little bit like, okay, that would never happen. Like, stop. Like, but. Yeah. My other thought that my, so I have one more complaint and I'm going to start with a a silly and turn it into a larger discussion because my thought is that if you were a a serial killer who dresses the way that Vince Vaughn's character dresses and you were transported into the body of a young woman, would you be looking for a hot leather jacket and putting on a full face of makeup? Right. I was (laughs) like, girl. Yeah, I thought that was bizarre because it's kind of like a makeover moment and it's like, why would this be the makeover? Um, And then when she enters the school, 
and this is another over the top moment and it's all it's slow motion it goes on for like minutes and i'm like okay we get it no and no that was look, incredible shut up look, look over <laughs> on the side and there's and i was like this is so i was like this is the gayest joke ever there's a there's a teenage boy staring at her and he's holding like a water bottle or something and he squeezes it and it's all it looks like it's supposed to be like jizz coming out and yeah. i was like really <laughs> Are, you, are we really gonna go there like it was a little it was a little nah, much but. I liked that part uh, <laughs> it's pretty um and she was pretty too so I get it yeah some gays definitely made this but <laughs> my big complaint is that and I don't I don't know how the movie would have done it differently I don't know how to accomplish this but uh uh, just by the end of it, I was like, oh, Vince Vaughn has to die. Like, I just, I liked him way more by the end of the movie. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's just because Millie was such a wishy-washy at the beginning. And we didn't really get anything that was like, oh, she's kind of cool. Until she was in Vince Vaughn's body. That made, So maybe that, yeah. but... Because again, like, they need to get on with the action. I want to see the body swap. But at the same time, it's just like Vince Vaughn is so likable as Millie and mm-hmm. Millie is not yeah. particularly likable as herself. He's the heart of the movie for sure. Um, you know, I, I liked her a little bit more than you did. I thought the set the setup in the beginning, like I, I did feel for her. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like they could have done a little bit better job with that, I think. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I will admit, yeah, I kind of became a little bit, dis- I was like, oh, when he, when Vince Vaughn goes back into his normal body, I'm like, oh, like I was a little disappointed. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, like maybe the watch could have been right. And they could have explained to the sister what had happened. And they would have like set up some sort of witness protection situation. And Vince Vaughn could have been fun forever. I mean, that would have been a twist that no one would have seen coming because no, these movies don't do anything that ballsy where it's like, hey, actually, yeah. you know what? This person's happy in their new body. That could be an interesting allegory for people finding them their new identity and their new, yeah, I mean, yeah. changing themselves, changing their gender. Uh, but at, it, realistically, again, not that this movie is realistic, but I think, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> but I think, um, you know, it wasn't really her, this wasn't her choice and it's a little bit unfair to, you know, she, she didn't consensually wanted to switch bodies. So. Yeah. Uh, and so my last kind of thought about the actual like movie movie is mm-hmm. in my notes, I, I, you know, I do a system of bullets where I'll write mm-hmm. the scene and then I'll indent with my thoughts about the scene. And this scene, it says second ending as main heading. And then the only note underneath it says, no. No. Um, like I said before, I think this movie overstays its welcome. I think this was, I was like, okay, it's done. And then I'm like, okay, it's not done. And I'm like, for God's sakes. And then it's the final fight scene where Vince Vaughn comes into their home and they're all fighting him off. And which is cool. I, I understand they wanted to make a scene that kind of is empowering to all this, the, the women in her family. I get that, but it took so damn long to get there. I was like, okay. Are, are we gonna are we gonna kill him or not let's get let's let's move on like I was a little bit like all right you know well, that's the thing is I thought like you know the first ending it's generic it's corny mm-hmm. it's not particularly yeah. exciting the second ending is something that I would if the movie had ended after the like ambulance thing mm-hmm. uh the second ending is something that have been like wow I wish there would have been some big blowout between you know yeah. the two of them 
But, and so the reason that that exists is because I guess there was just no way for them to be able to convince the mom and sister that uh, the body swap had happened. So they had to have them switch back, I guess, before that happened. But the the sequence of events, how did he get out of that ambulance? Like what ha- Like it, it just was so disjointed to me. And then I just really didn't care for it while it was happening. I thought even the action wasn't particularly tight in that scene. Yeah. And uh, it just it really- very, it, it was very- um, Screen for a hospital. Screen for hospital. It was, uh, of course, it was very, you know, Michael Myers comes back and he, oh, he's not really dead. Like, it, yeah, I mean, it was- I think they were paying a homage to stuff like that, which, which is fine. Um, definitely. I mean, I actually like the hospital scene. Don't, you know, don't tell me. I think it's it's great. I think it's a great ending. Yeah. But yeah, it's, this one felt a little bit like it was kind of dragging like that scream four felt like it needed that. This feels almost like I could have cut some aspects out and just went like straight back to, you know, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's a challenge. It would be difficult. Like, somebody yeah. more creative than me who writes screenplays would have to come up with this. But right, um, right. there's a way to combine the two endings so that it happens yeah. more concisely. And that yeah. would have been the winner. Right. And not to mention, too, like, I mean, how the hell are, like, people are going to buy, like, people, she had witnesses, right? People did see her kill people in, in her, in, in Catherine Newton's body, right? So, like, how is she not going to get in trouble for anything? I mean, she, there had to be someone who witnessed something because she killed mm. all those all those teenagers, all those frat boys and stuff. Like, um, you know, frat boy esque people. Like, she killed all those people. Like, no one saw anything. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely thought, like, I guess in a case like that, they're not going to be investigating. But I thought a quick fingerprint thing, and like, she's gone. Yeah. So, right. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's a little sketchy, but you know, alas, it's a horror movie. It's yeah. unfortunate that sometimes we have to just say we can't think too hard about it. Right, right, right. Julianne, I'm curious. Yeah. I'm curious. What would you say from Freaky is your most memorable murder? I'm gonna go with the teacher, the woodshop teacher dying in the in the the woods the whatever that was. Yeah, I woodshop. I only. Because- I, yeah um only because I think that was the most satisfying because I just I hated him so much that I was just like okay how the fuck is this guy gonna die and uh yeah I think I mean there, there was there were a really there was a ton of cool gores a ton of cool kills in this movie but I think that one was just the most satisfying yeah I agree and uh also what's great about that kill is that it's not just the build-up which is always the best yeah. part of the kill but also it's the kill happens. But I, what I'm finding recently is that as much as I love the chase and the suspense and the build up to the kill, the kills that really stick with me are the ones that give you the shock of the kill and then kind of give you the opposite buildup of like the kill keeps going. So yeah. like you see the kill and then you see it go through his whole body and his body like splits. It's disgusting. <laughs> and there, there must have been some serious we uh, practical effects going on because the blood yeah. and the gore was absolutely divine. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they they put their budget to things that that they should, which was the gore and effects. Yeah, we absolutely. love to see it. Um, and I am tempted to agree with you, but just for fun, I'm going mm-hmm. to say that in a horror comedy, 
I like I like a kill with a zing to it. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the cold open. And when he slams mm-hmm. that girl onto that spear, it was it was a shock. I just I had forgotten yeah. the spear was there. And then it was so funny the way it had been like set up and then taken yeah. through like a joke. I just thought that was hilarious. I loved it. Definitely. I and it was like, a good um, scare. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I thought that it was kind of cool, like even with uh the girl, the mean girl getting shoved into the, the freezer thing. yeah the freezer. rich school i thought i thought it was a heater thing at first and i was like oh god she's gonna burn it's gonna be all and i was like oh no she's cracking in half and she fell over and it was all ice and i was like oh this is very jack nicholson in the shining that's cool so <laughs> it was it was different yeah there definitely some cool stuff in here i dug it we need more don't give someone a chainsaw that they're not going to use too much um <laughs> yeah 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 on a scary scale from one to five how would you rate freaky I think probably a two and that's mainly just because of the cold opening. Like you said, that, that was a good opening. Um, otherwise the rest of the movie is not really scary. I mean, I don't think Catherine Newton is scary as the butcher no. when she it comes. Yeah. So probably just a two. Yeah. Uh, I want a whole movie of that cold open. It was so good. Yeah. I'm going to agree with you. It's a two. And I think it's mainly for the gore um, just because, you know, people, uh, when I sometimes do this podcast with, other co-hosts that you may have heard they seem to think that scary scale like is the fear is not limited to one thing and when you're thinking about a scary scale for you know if I were to tell someone else who doesn't watch horror how scary freaky is I wouldn't just be considering like oh my nails were bitten down to the nubs like Mm -hmm. no like gore is a real type of scare yeah and you know, uh, like how horrific is this movie? That's that's yeah. what you're yeah. yeah, and so I think that this deserves a little bit, but not that much. <laughs> so too. Um, now before I ask if you think this is a smash, or no, I'll just ask you a two-part question. A two-part question. The first part of the question is, would you give this a smash or a slash? And the second part of the question is, do you think this movie is worth twenty dollars to rent? Okay, question one. Yes, I would get freaky with freaky. Um, yeah, I, I, I give it a smash. Yeah, I think this movie is fun. I think, I think this movie is something that we've uh, we haven't had a ton of good fun horror. I think mm, you know yes. we've, been, we've been in yeah, which I and I'll be honest, I definitely prefer my you know uh, moody kind of <laughs> stuff like that. But when it when a good fun horror comedy comes along and it works for the for much of it absolutely absolutely smash um so i think it's worth twenty dollars well you know <laughs> listen I, I i don't think it's twenty. i probably would have waited um till it maybe was streaming somewhere or something however these are dire circumstances right now and filmmakers need to make money and unfortunately like even though it sounds like it's like oh twenty dollars like you know it's not really the, the same. I, I sent you that article the other day that someone wrote about how like VOD prices are not the same as what you would get from the film, from, you know, from like a theater. So, you know, this movie, even though it's it did okay, but it really didn't do that great because there's no theaters open. So it's like these filmmakers, you know, they, they, they need your money. So if we can support them right now, you know, I know it's kind of a, it's a nice chunk of change. I think I'd, I would rather own something for $20 as opposed to just renting it for 20, for 48 hours or whatever. But um, 
I, you know, I, I think if you like what we've said, if you haven't already seen this, why are you here? Because we spoiled it. But yeah. if you, if you, if you, if you think that this is this is your jam, then yeah, I, th- I would probably just buy it, and then you could you just own it and watch it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so I would give this movie a smash as well, but I think a little lighter of a smash than you. Um, and it goes into my. I know I'm there too. I'm not like I'm not in love with this movie, but you know. Yeah, and I mean, you say you like your movies moody. I like fun. I want to. I love. I'm a. I'm an absolute slut for a horror comedy. I love it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, but on the side of the light smash, I would pay twenty dollars to rent this, but not again this movie is a a movie i would watch once and there there are parts of it that i will remember and Mm -hmm. maybe even in 10 years or something i'll be like oh i remember this really funny part i should Mm rewatch that and uh i'll probably be disappointed when i rewatch it in 10 years (laughs) so this movie's more like I would go watch YouTube clips from it than I'd actually watch the whole movie again does that make sense yeah and I also think that this movie, unfortunately, since we're in a pandemic, uh, this was not possible. But if I were to watch it again, the only situation I'd watch it again is with a group of friends. And then I'd probably yeah. have a fun time. But yeah. I'm not going to watch it again by myself. Yeah. yeah. So, so Julianne, yeah. of our season three offerings, what's your favorite <laughs> scary movie? I am going to go with I think Terrifier. <gasps> wow. Yeah, I think um, I, I think that one is uh that was has been a recent favorite of mine the last couple of years and yeah I wasn't I didn't I didn't join you folks on that episode but yeah I'm gonna go with Terrifier. I don't even think we've ever had a conversation about Terrifier so color what? me shocked. Well, you know, unfortunately, my favorite scary movie right now is Run, and it is remaining Run. Yeah. Yeah. So next time on What's Your Favorite Scary Movie, Julianne, goodbye. You've been voted off the island. Next time on What's Your Favorite Scary Movie, Caroline and Ian are back for the beginning of our jingly, jingly uh Sleigh bells ringling, tingling, something. I actually get really confused about the lyrics to that song. But the beginning of our holiday programming. I personally am an absolute whore for a lot of things this episode, apparently. But uh, (laughs) for holiday-themed horror, I think it's so much fun. I love it. So come back next week when Caroline, Ian, and I will be discussing the contemporary holiday favorite, Better Watch Out, which is streaming on Shutter. So make sure you plan your movie screaming before next week. All right. Well, my name. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. You <laughs> Uh, my name is Parker Heron. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Letterboxd, which I have not been active on at all recently, at Parker Del Rey. Julian. You can follow me. <laughs> That's so funny. You can follow me at the Jewel Marie on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow me on Letterboxd. Fuck it. I I had a secret letterbox for months. So it's I think it's my first name, Julian MS1, I think. You'll find me. I'm on there. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, of course they will. And you can find what's your favorite scary movie on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Scary Movie Pod. If you just crave more fav- uh, what's your favorite scary movie, head to patreon.com slash scary movie pod, where for just a few bucks a month, you can get bonus episodes. All right, Julianne, it has been a pleasure. A hoot and a holler getting to talk to you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Aw, happy holidays, Julianne. Bye.